Welcome to the Joy Quota Podcast. I'm Dylan Fole. I'm Gavin Malcolm. Our guest tonight is Dave Foster. He is the man, the myth, the legend. I've known this guy for a long time. I taught his son how to 360 the first day I met him. It's been such a treat chatting to him. We think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Amen. So have you guys been doing any other videos? Yeah, we just dropped the uh, sledding off the roof video. No, I haven't finished it yet. Well, because I don't put out the actual YouTube videos until Wednesday or Thursday. Okay. Because uh, we do podcast. That's right. Like Monday or Tuesday and then video. Wednesday or Wednesday Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. I've hurt my back over the weekend, so I can't. I was going to say you were walking around like me earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look like an old dude. <laughs> so I'm good. This chair is actually good, thankfully. My oh, editing Lord. chair, even though it's a nice chair and good, it's for this back injury, it's just awful. Is it lower back there. that you got? Yeah. Yeah. I got mine from carrying a, a refrigerator up my front yard. Oh. A neighbor put it out on the curb, so I went and knocked on the door and said, hey, can I have that fridge? And so, you know, me like of a- Of course you so like remanded. Yeah, because yeah, you're the size <laughs> of a house. Yeah. <laughs> so I freaking grabbed the fridge and walk it up my house. And I got about halfway up the yard and the door handle got caught in my ring. Oh. So it was starting to like, it felt like it was ripping my finger off. Jeez. So then I start kind of adjusting, trying to get my leg up underneath it so I could bear hug it. And I finally got it all the way to the house and then tried to I threw it up on this countertop. So, <laughs> That's so later that day, I'm like, oh, shit. You're the only person capable of bear hugging a fridge and just strong manning it into the house. I remember when I was working with you uh, doing cabinetry, there was that one we potentially overbuilt this cabinet. Usually the case. And uh, it weighed close to 200 pounds of it. That thing was so heavy. And we forgot the little, like, adjustable sliders that you normally use to hang cabinets. And it's a hanging cabinets up on the top. And so Dave's underneath just deadlifting this thing and just shoulder pressing and just like, fucking screw it in. Like, <laughs> and, like, it's it's not level, dude. I don't know what to do. He's like, and I don't give a fuck. Just screw it, it in. It was everything I had <laughs> to keep that thing above oh. my head. It was 200 pounds. Yeah. And at that time, I was pretty shoulder strong, too. And I'm like, dude, get a goddamn screw in it, will you? <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Yeah, because I think we're in, like, of course, the clients, like, in the house, like, watch. So it's just like uber stressful and I'm like dude I don't want to just be poking holes in the wood but also like this has to go in and it's definitely not level I think we ended up just screwing it in and taking a little break and then leveling it out one little bit at a time yeah I, after that time I'm like I'm getting the cabinet jack so <laughs> I don't have to have Gavin dink around with a two inch screw yeah, for five I, minutes the cabinet weighed <laughs> significantly more than me for yeah, sure it totally. and I'm like dude I'd love to help you right now but it's, I've got nothing it's just solid oak cabinet or it was a big old upper cabinet made out of um, maple and it was just heavy as hell you know we oh, can't yeah. figure out how to build a cabinet inch light thick backing even like it wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah was, like wow. which is because we had to screw of. it to the wall yeah so and it was we, a big big old cabinet probably the size it's bigger than of that. that but longer yeah it was as tall as that but probably all the way out to here and uh yeah there was no real other way to build it that i can think of no i overbuilt <laughs> everything just the <laughs> yeah. way it is <laughs> yeah oh man well cool i guess we'll get started and rock into it yeah.
Today's guest, we have David Foster. He is the man. We got Party Dave. And uh, party <laughs> he, uh, he has been a good friend of mine for a long time, Dylan, for a while. Uh, we actually met the first time I met him. It cost him $50, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, Gavin. <laughs> uh, how, many, how many of you guys have you met that way, by the way? Um, I've lost money a few times so <laughs> on, on first meeting. So, you know, whether it's at the bar or hanging out at the bike park with you guys. Yeah, so, yeah it was uh, definitely uh, cost me a couple bucks. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gavin, Gavin does great work, though. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got me back, I'm sure. Yeah, somehow or another. I drove your son around for close to five years. That got to count for something. I was trying to make a joke. With the <laughs> oh, the woodworking. <laughs> yeah. work. No, no. Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, but um, yeah, I feel like you've just done so many cool things with your life, and I feel like you and your family have always prioritized fun and making sure that you guys are yep. just like full of life, regardless of what's going on. And we couldn't have a better guest today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thanks for having me. Um, I met Gavin, my, my son uh, Dawson. He's 20 years old now. How old was he back then? I think he was 13. He was 13. Okay. So um, been in the Parker area, Colorado, since 1993. I actually came out here to find a wife. Yeah. So I started Mission trying to have fun pretty early. So <laughs> I, I needed to find a wife to slow me down a little bit. So <laughs> I went 1,000 miles from L.A. to here to find a wife. And after I got here, it took me about six months, and I and I finally found her. So. It's amazing yeah. what... A, dedicated committed vision can accomplish yeah. <laughs> in, in menver that's imp- six months is impressive this is back in the day though oh, it's back in the true. day yeah there's you know it's way easier back then yeah. so <laughs> i didn't have to swipe left or right so yeah. just you know i had a big party we had a big bonfire party about 100 people came out and she happened to show up so that yeah. was that. So, yeah, it was wow. actually pretty fantastic. Tell us so, more about the bonfire party. So, bonfire party, um, I used to have them all the time. We lived out in Elizabeth at the beginning, and okay. we wired our barn. We had a two-story barn with the hayloft and everything, and, and we actually wired it with sound, and we had big old dance parties out there, and we'd have a big bonfire, and b- about every 10 minutes, it seems like the cops would show up. So, yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, so we had... Um, out in Elizabeth, there was a when the night of the party, Megan actually got lost. So I left my party. My mom came out and got me, and she, I left the party to go find her. So yeah. I left all the hundred people at my house to go find <laughs> her. So and as I got her back to the house, we were walking up the driveway, and she, um, her sister goes, "Hey, I th- my sister thinks you're cute." I'm like, cool. This is done deal then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even have to sell her on the idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to sell something that they're already interested in. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hell of a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. So past that, um, you know, I actually uh, have quite a bit of fun in my day, you know, my nine to five job. So I actually uh, sell homes to uh, active adults. So I'm pretty much a lifestyle planner during the day. We do all kinds of fun parties and activities, and we bring people from all over the country and just engage um, kind of the fun that they want to have. And, and we actually spend a lot of time just kind of whining and dining them and having a good time with them. And they end up buying a house in Colorado. So it all kind of works out. So, so it's your fault that all these people are moving here? <laughs> um, partially, yes, partially. So since that- I innocent <laughs> definitely not innocent so <laughs> cnf has probably sold thousands of homes in in the colorado area so yeah wow yeah yeah but a woodworker Hashtag by trade brag. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> a woodworker by trade. I, I, I uh, grew up and I always wanted to be a woodworker. So when I got out here originally, I actually was uh, doing woodworking, learning how to do cabinetry and everything like that. And that was a ton of fun. Um, but that's, you know, as you get older, you got to figure out something else that's not so hard on the body. So yeah. selling is a little bit easier now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to be bench pressing 200 pound cabinets all day? Um, only if I have to. Only if I have to now. It used to be fun. It's not fun anymore. So <laughs> when I walk around like an old dude for the rest of the week, so yeah. <laughs> it hurts a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. At least you have an excuse. I don't have an excuse. My back just goes yeah, out for yeah. no reason. It just gave up. That's what happens <laughs> once it goes out. It tends to haunt you. Yeah, it's so. been happening for at least the last 10 years, probably more. Yeah. 12 yeah. years. Well, you guys engage in some pretty crazy stuff, so maybe that's some of it. You never yeah, know. Yeah, but it never... It never hurts like I never crash and then yeah it hurts like this. It's like I'm just just brushing your teeth and bang it goes out. <laughs> I mean I I was going snowboarding and I leaned down to tighten my binding and then it was done. First run of the day. Yeah. Gotcha. And it was over. That was it, huh? Yeah. So did you get to get to do any more skiing or did you have to sit it out? I pushed it out. I was pretty impressed. It it was miserable. And then I got to watch these guys. So we had adventure days. So we started with snowboarding, then snow biking, and then regular biking. Okay. Uh, And so I got to watch these guys uh, do my dream of hitting a massive backcountry kicker on the snow bike. I I felt horrible because I've been the guy who had to sit out. And it's the worst because you're already on the trip. You can't just go home and pretend like ah, it's, it doesn't matter. Like you have to watch everyone else have the fun. But that's not fun. Yeah, no. Yeah, but Dylan, a- seriously, mad props because he absolutely troopered through that whole day. I mean, climbed the side of a mountain with his back like fully blown out. Like I'm gonna film it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna wait in the car while these yeah. guys go oh, having fun. Run this jump, but. Yeah, I get mine goes out about every about every two years, so that's it. So, yeah, little chiropractor action, a little screaming, little little crying. That's you know back back to back normal. To good. Yeah, couple <laughs> brewskis. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> couple Advils, couple beers, exactly. hot tub, good to go. Good so. to go. <laughs> so I, I try and stick to the, the yoga program, but that, then uh, I haven't been for the last, since we started the podcast because we've just been so busy and. This is what happens. So yeah. I so gotta f- get on it. So far, all the uh, so I'm in a six pack challenge as a result for this, which is going well. Um, you can see the faint whisper of four very teeny tiny abs. You're talking about beer drinking or stomachs? So both. So <laughs> first person because they don't normally go yeah, together. <laughs> so first, first person to a six pack, abdominally, wins. Loser has to buy beer for a year. Six pack a month. For a okay. whole year between me and Sam, the rocket doctor, Kerber. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so far, that actually has helped a lot. Yeah. Because I've just been working out all of those muscles for the, because normally I just don't care enough versus now I actually have to and it seems Now you got to get it done. Lot. Yeah. Well, it's going to cost you money if you don't make it. Exactly. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I just want to be better than Sam. He's inherently cooler, smarter more talented so i have to be better at this one thing i've got to <laughs> <That's> be <it. laughs> uh, and how long do you have to do it 
Whoever whoever gets whoever it gets first, it first, I'm in it till as judged by me. So I so, have, I, can you like airbrush it in there <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> I feel like Dylan will, he'll catch. He'll on. catch that, huh? I might shave the chest hair into a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So I guess let's go back to how we first met. Um, your son Dawson and I met riding BMX bikes at the local skate park yep. there in Parker. Um, and Dawson was 13 and he, I, I'm just a friendly person and I love working with kids and I'm just always all about helping someone younger than me. Cause I feel like I've benefited from so many people doing that for yeah. me. Like you're one of those people, right? Mm-hmm. Like you took me in and like taught me some woodworking skills that yeah. I never would have gotten otherwise and yeah, gave me some opportunities on. to make money that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And uh, so I always try and look to pay that forward. I see this little kid just absolutely sending it, but has no idea what he's supposed to be sending. And he's trying to 360 and just shouldering it every single time, straight to the shoulder, 270, slap the shoulder on the concrete, 270, slap. And I, couldn't get I know he's so close. So I go and give him a couple pointers. And at this point, I don't even know that David is at the skate park. And then Dawson drops in, bangs it out first try. First try with a, the little hint, whatever I told him. And then he immediately is like, hold on one second. And he pedals over to this guy at the skate park. And he's like, <laughs> money! Because his dad had bet him 50 bucks that he couldn't land the 360 or said, if you do land it, I'll give you 50. Uh, did you ever pay up on that? Um, you know what? I'd have to look back and see. I'll ask Dawson when I get home. So see if I ever paid him. I'm, I'm assuming I, I did. You paid him in free rent as a twenty year old. <laughs> probably so. Probably so. So so Dawson. Um, actually, I used to ride BMX too. That's right. There's so some photos out, out in Orange County. He has photos of me f- flying through the air in his room. At so, sheep. Um, what's that? Sheep hills. Um, I can't remember exactly where it was. It's Orange County. There was a BMX track somewhere. I mean, I was young oh, okay. back then. I was 13, 14 yeah. years old back then. So I didn't drive, so I didn't know where I was going. <laughs> yeah. My mom would drop me off there. But uh, I rode a, a Redline bike, and I saved that bike for him or whichever oh, that's son. Right. I've seen the, yeah. Yeah, so we still have it hanging in the, in the garage because I said, you know what, that was a big part of my youth. I wanted to make sure that my kid actually got to ride my bike. So we took the bike apart, sprayed it, did a bunch of stuff, and he rode that bike for, for quite some time until yeah. he finally said, this thing's a, a heavy clunker. I want to get another bike. Yeah, until so, he grew into the yeah. size of a small tree. And right. <laughs> Needed something way better. All the time. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and that was kind of neat, neat thing for him to be able to ride my bike and to continue to, to keep going on and doing a lot of cool stuff. He's getting pretty damn good, too. He's frustratingly good as someone who taught him to 360 and then i just get spanked every time we go to the skate park now like so humbling (laughs) it's the only word we're just like oh that's right i'm getting older and he's just reaching prime (laughs) like yeah um i i need to get him to do a backflip though so i don't know how much that's gonna cost footage on my phone of him doing a backflip. But that was on that was on that a resi. Is, that was a resi. That's that was true. a resi. I want to see one on oh, concrete. Yes. Mm-hmm. No guts, no glory. Backflip challenge for Dawson <laughs> Foster. Gauntlet has been thrown. So how much is that going to cost me? I feel like I feel like it costs him if he doesn't do it because he can do it. 
I think he'd do it for if I threw five hundred bucks out. I think he would do it. I I'll do <laughs> a flip whip for five hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> real talk. You're not my kid. I'm your you're kind of like my. Kid. You're like yeah. kind of like my half adopted kid. But <laughs> I, know. I feel like I have like twelve extra sets of parents. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I was such a lost child. Like, are you my daddy? <laughs> and then go to another group of people. Like, you guys are fun. Are you my mom? He just wanted to get fed. That was it. That was it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I really think it'd be fun to get you on like a. They make the 22 inch BMX bikes. I have one. Makes. You, oh, you do? I have a cruiser. Of course you do. Yeah. That's awesome. Dino, I think. Let's go make this happen. Let's go. That's how I broke my shoulder, though. When, though? So on Mother's Day, I don't remember. I was 30, I think. 30? Mm-hmm. Right around there. So third degree separated my shoulder. No kidding. Backyard double jump. What yeah. was that two, two decades ago? Yeah, dude. It's just you've about, gotten right? older and wiser, and yeah. now you won't fall. You've learned from Is that mistakes. what it is? That's what it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I barely can walk down a damn street now, more or less, ride a bike. How about this? If you do a manual on your bike for X amount of distance, Dawson has to backflip his bike. I feel like that's fair. Okay. It sounds like I might lose some teeth, but all right. Well, it's a manual. You never <laughs> manual, leave the ground. I, I'd rather see a jump, like a jump a, a tabletop, even a tabletop jump at wherever, a racetrack. Or yeah, that'd be fun. I feel like that's Hill. the next Joy Quota video. We set you guys up. To do some to jump. Get, <laughs> to get you and Dawson to like, if you do this, Dawson has to do this. Okay. That'd be pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling we'll get I'm getting hurt pads. that day. No way. <laughs> Give we'll me some you. shoulder pads. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. We'll get you some hockey pads. <laughs> <laughs> they got those shoulder pads. I yeah. watched a bunch of old, old guys racing that had them on. So mm-hmm. I'd do it. All right. That's, that's the spirit. Do you, so you grew up racing in the, in the like 80s and 90s, early 90s in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any of the guys that you were against? Because that that was like the biggest time for it was. BMX in, especially Orange County. Everybody was living in yeah. Huntington. Yeah. I mean, it was legends. huge back then. I, I I don't remember. I'm trying to remember because we got asked to 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 get sponsored from some team, and I don't remember the name for the life of me. I can't remember the team, but we were actually pretty decent. So we had a, a group of four guys that we'd go out there and and race, and we'd clean up pretty good. So never went pro, but, but it was on the, in the amateur class, but we did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Up until the time, I think I was about just under 16 years old. So probably, probably 15 and a half. And then I quit. So once I got my driver's license, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go chase girls instead of bikes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Happens. Happens. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Well, was that, well, that was right around the time when you, because didn't you live at a theme park for a while or like something weird like that? Yeah. So I, I actually moved away from home when I was a, just almost 16 years old. So I went and worked a ranch for my room and board and I lived in the in the barn. So I took care of, there was an Arabian horse ranch. I had about 30 Arabians and we were on 300 acres, but it was in an old rundown Santa's village in Northern California. Which is hilarious. So, you know, oddly enough, my parents dropped me to, dropped me off at this place. And I think my mom just started crying when we pulled up. She and, yeah. and didn't ever stop until she got all the way back down to L.A. Because it was a, you know, 1800s tree in the middle of the barn. <laughs> Scenario, and I was out. They, they we were kind of in the breeze, breezeway between the barn and the house. No heat, nothing. I froze my ass off up there. And the and the lady that we were living with 
was a bit batshit crazy. So <laughs> You're she, kidding. She let a 15-year-old run she, away yeah. live in her and, abandoned barn? Seems yeah. like a sane decision maker. It was a maker. friend of mine's mom, and we were living with her, and she, she – I don't know what her story was, but – my guess is she was hopped up on some medications or something. Like she used to call us at three o'clock in the morning, make us go feed the cats and just stupid Weird stuff. I'm trying stuff. to go to go to high high school, you know. And so That's I graduated hilarious. in '91, so I was probably riding bikes in the '80s, yeah, um, kind of early '80s, and then kind of that time frame. It was nuts. So I didn't go to school a whole lot. So yeah, I feel like. You're one of the prime examples of someone who's really found a wonderful, happy, fulfilled life without having to go, you know, $90,000 into debt at college. Yeah, I actually, um, kind of a a little bit of a crazy, I came back from Northern California and went to school. I, I was on full work experience. So I went and opened up, I sold car stereos right outside of Compton. And, uh... Which is a weird thing to do, but um, I actually would go to school for an hour a day, and then I would go open up the the car stereo store. So I would go inside and I would sell the goods, and then I'd kind of throw my tie over the top, and then I'd go install it. So I made nice. good, mo- I mean, killer money back I then. Bet. And but the schooling situation, I ended up having to go to an alternative high school to to take care of being able to go to to work full time. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I was very, very lucky, very lucky to be able to get to where I'm at today based on the stupid crap I did as a kid. But, you know, it was just learning how to to use your sales skills and to get to where you need to get to. So I'm a pretty determined person, whether it's on a bicycle or doing woodworking. The or foster s- clan in general. They're pretty determined, <laughs> pretty determined people, so... Yeah, not a whole lot can stop us no. so when we set our minds. So, yeah, that's it's kind of cool. So was it just school? You just knew school wasn't for you? Or what What made you decide, like, I need to go live in Northern California and then <clears throat> I need my, to go move to Compton? Well, my parents moved to, to the L.A. area. And then when I was in um, middle school, they got divorced. So when that happened, I said, bye, I'm out of here. I didn't want to be in the midst of that. So I said, okay, I'm going to go move up to Northern California while you guys hash out all this stuff. And um, luckily they could let me go. And it was a good learning experience. You know, you learn how to work hard in a, in a farm. And an yeah. Arabian horse, it's a hell of a lot of work. Oh, and they're so, terrible horses as far as like very, finicky, very spirited. Finicky. Yeah. 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 And, and quite pissy. Yeah. I had one for a while. And it was, well, it was my sister's. But as it, most things happened in the Malcolm family, I ended up taking, taking care, care of it. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when I went up there, I did that for a while. And then we used to kind of go my, – my buddy that I was living with up there was really in the car stereo. So we were ripping his car apart and doing a bunch of stuff and doing some real kind of ghetto fab stuff, you know, duct yes. tape and stupid wire loom stuff. And I said, you know what, I want to actually learn how to do this. So when I went back to L.A., I went to work um, and got a job as an apprentice in the in the shop, swept up the floors for, you know, six months or so and f- started kind of working on my own car. And the owner saw that I could actually do some stuff. And he said, hey, why don't you come out in the installation bay and start working? And, and I took to it like super fast, just very, very creative. I started – I ended up being the guy that 
that completely modded the car. So I'd build the speaker boxes, I'd build the amp racks, I'd do all, I mean, all the high-end wiring and everything, and I just picked it up super fast. Um, it's in the blood. My dad did that kind of stuff too growing up. So yeah. I had just been around that kind of life for, for a while. So got the job. I was managing a car stereo shop um, right outside of Compton when I was, how old was I? I don't even think I was 18. So I had the whole, the shop was mine. They just basically gave me the keys and said, run it. So I'd go and I'd, like I said, I'd, I'd sell it. Yeah. Then I'd go outside and install it. And, and we were the, there was a four, st- four store scenario and we were the number two store. It was me and one other guy. Yeah. So, and we were kind of, kind of killing it. It was kind of a neat I'm thing. I'm not but, surprised nice. at all by the story. Yeah. Everything I know about you, everything about Dawson, like, that's not even a shocking story to me because you just have, there's certain people I've grown up around who just have this unwavering, you could call it faith, you could call it determination, you could call it certainty, that they're going to do well, they're going to do their best, and it's going to be more than enough. Like Josh Thurman and his dad, super similar situation. I've never seen JT second guess himself, and I feel like that's enough, like a quality that you have. Is as a sixteen year old, you're like, no, you guys are having like a weird issue, mom and dad. Like I'm out. And then as yeah. a seventeen year old, you're like, oh, I'd like to make more money than I'm making here on the farm. Yeah. I'm gonna Go take over a, a wireless stereo shop, like. That's so awesome. We got, I mean, honestly, it's the people around me have given me good opportunities to be able to be successful and they see the the determination and the creativity. I think, I mean, probably 80% of it is creativity and the other 20% is entirely just straight out stupid determination yeah. um, to make it. And, and like Dawson, I just, and, and my older son, Devin, just yeah. no idea like failure is not an option. You know, absolutely. And yeah. and if failure does happen, it's a learning experience. But the reality is, is that there's just zero fear. Just go forward and, and learn it. Yeah. And, and nowadays, I mean, things just pick up and progress because you got YouTube and you can learn anything that you want to mm-hmm. do. You know, listen to podcasts, do different things and really take on that kind of, you know, education like super fast. You can turn the wheel even faster. So. I mean, the stuff that we're doing today in the wood shop and doing things is I never dreamt I'd do. Yeah. Ever. And just, you know, no fear, just kind of get after it. So, yeah, it's I've been entirely very, very lucky, but very, very determined as well. So I feel like there's probably a graph someplace that correlates luck and determination. If you're determined for long enough, you will get lucky. I think that is the yeah. equation. In all honesty, like at yeah. some point, you're bound to get lucky if you're just Sh- determined enough. Yep. Sheer, stupid, straight line determination. Yeah. Sooner or later, a door is going to open. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think a lot of people stop before they get there. Yeah. And and say, well, this isn't working out. I'm going to divert. And I just, I don't, I don't have that mentality. <laughs> I go straight into the brick wall and I'm hoping I just make it through. So I think that's, I I see that in both of my sons, which if I could have taught them anything, that's what I wanted to teach them is just boldly go and stop worrying about what people say and do. And it has nothing to do with what you're doing. Just make it happen. 
And, and both of them, you know, young men are doing, and you know, my oldest son moved out to LA, just threw all this crap in the yeah. car and f- flew out, you know, that was it. He was just driving all the way out there. They stopped off at the Grand Canyon. He got some inspiration and said, I think, you know, sat in front of the Grand Canyon and cried and said, for some odd reason, I'm inspired. I got to go do what I got to do and went yeah. out to LA and he's doing it. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. And my wife, Megan, is a little bit more kind of let's just stay around and kind of she's a very, very strong woman, but it's a it's a 10 mile radius. Yeah, it's a different kind of strength. It's a different kind of strength. It's and a different kind like of strength. Yeah, super strong lady. And you guys have made superhumans. <laughs> it's really what her, it is. Her They're strength both like well over six feet tall. Suit like I've never even seen either of them sick a day in their life. They're incredibly talented and creative. Both of them. You guys have created superhumans. They're doing good. They're doing good. I'm a, I'm a pretty pa- proud papa, and and I think I mean that's that's probably the coolest thing that I've done is been able to be a part of their lives and to see them do what they're doing. You know, all the things that I did as a kid and all the neat things I've built and all that kind of stuff. I got pictures of it, but nothing gives me the joy uh, than than showing those those boys how to live life and without fear. I think I think that's super cool. So, yeah, that's yeah, really pretty cool. exciting stuff. Yeah, well, I feel like that's a perfect toenail into like you and Megan have done such a great job of raising a really fun household. Yes, in, in a society, especially in Parker, where I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think a lot of people, family is just this like weird place where you spend time together in a house, and everyone's kind of on separate agendas. Um, even though each one of you is incredibly passionate about very separate things, mm-hmm. every time I've ever come to the house, it is a family affair. Like whether it's just hanging out or it's everyone's grilling or we're right. jumping on the trampoline and Megan's hollering through the window and she's <laughs> being a part of us just tramp biking or we're in the hot tub having awesome conversations or I feel like you guys have done that really intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge gift that you could give people is, is just kind of some of the ways that you've been able to create that environment because mm-hmm. it's so priceless. I, You know, I, I give almost 100% of the credit to, to Megan that she just stays so super engaged in everything and brings people together and, and really kind of makes sure everybody is paying attention and doing right. Me, on the other hand, I'm just uh, I'm just wanting to have fun and have a good time with guys coming over <laughs> and goofing off. Yeah, wish I could relate. <laughs> yeah, so no, we've never done that. It's her her intention and my ability to still be friends with my kids, but also know that there's a there's a fine line between being their friend and being their father. Um, I want them to feel welcome at home and I want their friends to feel welcome at home and I want them to to want to be there because I think if they want to be there then they'll be around and we can kind of be a part of their lives but on the same respect if they get out of line I'm pretty quick to let them know exactly where that line's at um, yeah. and and it's it's not so much the fun Dave it's the you know it's the it's the enforcer dad and but i'm very quick to let that off and to say okay let's move on 
So, and I think that they're pretty yeah. good about that too. But yeah, it's it's keeping them around, keeping them having fun. We are relatively young. We had kids young. So I think that that was a way for us to still be active in their life. And not to say that older parents can't be, you know, a good part of their kid's life. We just happen to be not too far off of their age. So. Yeah, because you guys had Devin pretty young. De- Megan was 20 when she got pregnant. So she yeah. was young. And I was, I think when he was born, I was 23. So when all said and done, so. Um, yeah, that's something Allie and I have talked about. We're like, yeah, we're in this weird place where we're like, either we lean in and we're young parents or we pull out pardon the double entendre and and we wait till we're like in our like mid thirties and we lean into being like older parents and we get to, but I feel like there's something about if you nail it, like right at like 30, you're not really getting the best of either world. Like you don't get to like enjoy the first half or the second half. I think it's, I think it's different in any, any case. I think we were young and broke so we really had to come together as a family because we just didn't have any money to do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, that was part of it as you're, you know, you're in your early 20s, you buy a house, you have kids, and next thing you're like, oh, my God, I never thought that this was going to be this expensive. So, you know, we were rolling pennies for gas. Yeah. You know, and, and not paying this bill to pay that bill and, you know, hope, hoping that game. Friday came pretty quick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the kids could eat some more ramen. Yeah. Um, but I see kids. I see people that have kids later on in life, and yeah, they're 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 more settled and they have money and maybe their careers are in line and all that kind of stuff. So it's just a di- it's different. Yeah. Um, I think either one is can be great. I think the key to to kids is is not always just being. You got to really let them know where the line is. So I think whether you're old or young, I just think that you have to say. Here's my here's my rules, and if you cross it, that's where that's where the bad area is, and then if you stay within it, then it's the good area. And I think it has to be a hard fast line. I think what we learned as parents is that when we blurred that line, chaos. Yeah, same I, same with you know training kids, training dogs, training you know yep. doing all, whatever. Not to say kids are dogs, but it's just it's. It has to be, you have to know where the line is. And I think my kids learn that pretty quick. Megan is a tough, tough lady. Yeah. You yes. don't mess with her. No, Nobody I'm messes with her. infinitely more scared of Megan than you. Yes. <laughs> Most people are. Most people are. So, um, you know, I. she is definitely the toughest girl I've ever wrestled. Mm-hmm. And, and I've wrestled some pretty big guys, too. And, you know, she's tougher. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they didn't really try to mess with her a whole lot, and if they got too far into it, then I could come in and you know address it. But great, great family life. We do stay together. We try to have dinners together. We try to make it fun and exciting. We we travel a ton, and and let them be a part of it. And we just you know we're honest with them. We're honest with them. We didn't really not let them see life. We didn't want them to be sheltered because when they got into life, we wanted them to know that, hey, it, it isn't all, you know. Sunshine and rainbows. Exactly. So we, we wanted them to know that life can be tough. So be nice to people. Save some damn money. And you'll have a good life too. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and what you said about being consistent, I feel like that's just a rule in general for life. Like if it's health, if it's fitness, if it's 
BMX, if it's this podcast, like anyone who wants to do something on YouTube, like consistency is the key. If it's you want to build a business of any kind, consistency is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, people on earth, her name is Alison Armstrong. She is like a, an expert in all things men and women. She's just spent 30 years devoting her life to it. And so many people have asked her why her kids are where they're at. Right. Um, and she always says it's because I was absolutely consistent. Mm-hmm. They knew it 100% what they were going to get. Whether it was good or bad, they knew what they were going to get. Yeah. Like if I told my son, like, don't hit me in the leg with that little toy. And he, because if you do, it's going to go in the trash. No matter what the tears were, like she'd still throw it in the trash. Like, I told you, so I'm accountable. I, if I don't, then, like you said, absolute chaos con- consumes. And I feel like that's the same with life in general. And especially with the joy quota message, like, it's so easy to kind of push that, oh, I'll get to having fun later. Or I'll, uh, you know what, I hate this and it's not fulfilling and I'm just so burnt out all the time. But if I grind through a little bit more, maybe I'll have some time to get to having fun later. And you have to consistently pour into yourself the same way. And I feel like you and Megan have both done a really excellent job of through raising kids, through having Mm -hmm. jobs, and honestly through some pretty crazy stuff health-wise with Megan, mm-hmm. you guys have always really prioritized having fun and filling up that joy quota and filling up the the tanks, so to speak. Yep. What were some of the Absolutely. things that kind of helped you through that process, especially with everything that Megan went through and maybe some of the results and like learning lessons that you could pass on from that? I, I think the, the lesson that we learned, especially with her, the illness and everything, um, was that you just you you don't know how much time you have right and and you're right pushing joy off pushing that trip off 10 years or doing whatever yeah. there, there's there's unfortunately no guarantee that that occurs and 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 Megan and I learned that firsthand um right around the time of our 15 year wedding anniversary and um as she was in the hospital dying yeah we said, if you get out of here, we're going to, we're going to change what we do. We're going to, we're going to do all the things we said we were going to do. We're not going to let a year go by. We're going to make sure that we put two or three trips on the books every single year. And we are going to do exactly what we want to do. And I think we did a fair amount of that before that scenario, but that snapshot in time said, um, don't ever let things slip. This year is this year. Yeah. And and every every single moment of every single day we have a trip in the works. Yep. We never don't have one. We know exactly where we're going next and we probably have the next two or three trips planned, half purchased and we're moving that direction because we said don't ever let the time go by. Don't ever let the time go by and and our kids are the same way just you know, make it happen. Now you don't want to be foolish and, you know, yeah. not pay the house payment because you went on a damn trip. That's stupid. But we make sure that we work hard 
so that we can play hard. And that happens. I mean, we do, we like, we're heading off to LA next week to go with, be with our son. In June, we go to Tampa to be with family. And then we're trying to plan another trip just for the, for, you know, Megan and I's time. So that's kind of the back to romance time, you know? So that's, that's important too. take care of the kids, take care of family, but most importantly, take care of that relationship that keep is really the foundation of yep. everything. And so we, that's kind of how we live is every, Megan says, we just got done with the trip. Where are we going? Yeah. So mm-hmm. before we even finish that trip, we're on the trip. We're planning the next trip. So yeah, we, we have a lot of fun. We just, we just, that's focus. That's focus. My work is far enough along and I'm doing well enough to just be able to to say, hey, it's time for me to go. And and my, yeah. my job and my, my employer, you know, really, really take good care of me. So I can't, I, I appreciate them a ton. And I work really hard when I'm there, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said for that too. You spent a long time getting to that place where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming with the intention of using it like you have, right? Where it's like, yeah. hey, I'm... I didn't just get to this place where I'm really good at what I do and I know my value so that I can just make some extra money. It's so that I can live some extra life. It's it's very much intentional and I didn't I didn't necessarily learn that from from other people in my life with the exception of um, my homeowners that I now serve with selling them the home. They're the ones that tell me don't let time go by. Yeah. So I learn it from my customers that that life is important today. And and because I sell, you know, basically 55 plus communities where, you know, they're they're living their their best life now. I get to enjoy that time with them and I get to learn from it. I, I get more out of the deal than they do. Yeah. Because I can see how I want to live my life. So very intentional every year, very intentional of what, what we're going to do. You know, let's go out and have some fun. You know, we wanted, when she was in the hospital, we said we're going to New York. We said we're going to, to New Orleans. We said we were going to go to Canada. We said we're going to go to Northern California. We knocked all that stuff off in just a couple of years. We just went and did it. And, and the memories and the things that we got, we have from that, I mean, makes me better at my job because I can come back and I'm a happy guy and I can show all the my yeah. my customers that like to travel. Check it out. I've been there too. Yeah. You I know? feel like that's such an understated part of filling up the joy quota and making sure that your life is full of fulfillment, as cheesy as it sounds, is you're better at everything else in your life. Every totally. single every thing Every other is. part of your life is benefit. It's like... Health, like if you take your health even remotely serious, Mm -hmm. like if you do 80% of what it takes to be a really healthy person, Mm -hmm. every aspect of your life will benefit. And I feel like with joy quota, it's even higher percentages. Like if you meet that joy quota to where you can really feel joyful or fulfilled or both throughout a week, you're going to show up as a different person at work. You're going Mm -hmm. to show up in your relationship differently as a parent differently as yeah whatever your hobby is you'll show up differently if like with woodworking 
you absolutely do it professionally, but it's on the side. And it's rare at this point because you, you guys are just doing so much with building out Parker into this <laughs> massive place. You guys have done so much work over there. Um, and Dawson's been awesome enough to take care of kind of the woodworking side. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like because you ha- get so much joy out of woodworking, it became really easy to invite me and Dawson to come join you. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to share in that fun. You know, I, I, I get the most joy from being around the people around the wood shop and you know, one of my long-term dreams is to actually have a place where it's a co-op where people can come and share and, and have a good time and, you know, love on one another and, and design and create and just really have a great kind of co-op scenario. Dude, he's in the compound. He's <laughs> in the compound. Yes. Does he know he about the compound? He has no idea. I don't know about uh, the compound. <laughs> so I, since I was a little kid, this is one of, like... For lack of a better term, this is one of the earliest memories I remember thinking, like, I want to be committed to making this happen. Um, And it's kind of wavered in and out of how serious I was about it. And the last, pretty much since we started Joy Quota, like, it's just been kind of just filling up my chest more and more of, I want to start a community um, where we buy, you know, a 20-acre plot or something big enough and build however many homes on it. But... It's got a racetrack. It's got a crazy swimming pool. It's got a skate park. It's got um, like a a rec center type building that has all kinds of stuff in it where everyone has their own house, but we all get to do life together. Fun. So like JT would have a car shop with a bunch of lifts. And if anyone wanted to tinker on their car before the racetrack, we go to JT's house. And because he's the shop guy... JT has to do with li- do life with us. We have to do right. life with him. I was picturing myself being the woodworking guy, but I'll find a different niche. Uh, <laughs> it, but like that's kind of there the doesn't idea. have to just yeah. be one woodworking exactly, guy. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, but that's yeah, kind of the, the idea. Point, right? is you can have a woodworking shop, and then I'm freed up to build yeah. whatever else. And like, Ali would have like an art studio, and like just places where the community is absolutely individuals, right. but it's not individuals who stay that way it's individuals who become much much better together and i and i believe that life used to be more like that where Same. people came together and and they really kind of worked you know you had the blacksmith you had you know it wasn't mm-hmm. like you just went down and paid a bunch of stuff there's a lot of barter system and a lot of yeah. things and i i think that's super exciting to potentially one day get back to that and i i wanted that for my family when i see my sons, I you know, I would love to have a twenty acre, a hundred acre farm where they can all live, and and my my wife's parents can live, and if my mom wants to come live, that's yeah. that's great. I I think that's fantastic, and our current situation with our wood shop, um, the gentleman that I work yeah, with kind there, of doing it. We're, we're we're kind of doing that where we invite people in, and I teach their kids want to learn how how to woodwork, so I teach their kids, and he allows me to keep you know stay you know put my tools in their shop. So it really creates this yeah. kind of co-op. I, I, I teach, I get free rent, you know, and it's just yeah, really kind of comes together. Big shout out to Bob. Because yeah. that's where you Huge. took me under your wing. And Huge. I learned so much about cabinetry and woodworking in general. Because yeah. I, I kind of dabbled because of who my dad is. But yeah. you actually know what you're doing <laughs> versus like you're not just like framing out a wall. Yeah, and his, I yeah. mean, and his son 
was in the wood shop with us yep. and is is a phenomenal. He builds beautiful stuff now. This is a phenomenal dude. And to yeah. me, that's that's just absolutely amazing for me to say because what I do doesn't necessarily matter, but everybody that I've taught along the way will build far greater things than I'll ever have the opportunity to do. And and I think that's where I get my joy is to see that occur and like to see you like when you built your bed. I'm like that's just super yeah. cool. He's, t- he's thinking differently than I'm thinking and doing some really neat stuff. That um, was only because of you. I can promise without a doubt. You showed me the wood shop where I just happened to be living nearby. So I was like, eh, I'll right. go dick around and you know, check it out. Check yeah. it out. And then I saw this cool wood and I'm like, I bet you I can make a bed. And then you were kind enough to let me borrow some tools. And before long, I'd built a bed from scratch, having never done anything like it before. And it was exclusively because of that time I got to, it was probably like a a full year that I spent monkeying around in your wood shop on the side. Super impressed, by the way. That was su- that was a it's awesome looking yeah. bed. It's it's still, it's still together, up. huh? Yes. You didn't you didn't yeah. hit the hit the floor yet? Not yet, <laughs> not yet. And you did all right then. <laughs> uh, no, but as a teacher, there can be no better feeling. I feel like, yeah. and that's w- kind of what I would hope to get some of out of Joy Quota is mm-hmm. to like start to inspire kids or or anybody really to start having more fun in new ways and see the same thing where I never even thought about that cool thing you just did and then we get to see that absolutely yeah I was at a job site the other day and someone literally for whatever reason they saw it was just like a little gangway like a little 2 by 12 by 20 foot long gangway from like a 4 foot high ledge to the ground and for whatever reason, their brain, like the synapses just like forgot to fire. And they're like, dude, I can't make it down this. I cannot make it down this. And they just freaked out for five, six seconds until it caused enough of a scene that the entire job site got behind this one person. And they're like, you can do it. And all of a sudden, this weird moment happened <laughs> where they finally walked down this gangplank and it's all wobbly and stuff, of course. And they get to the bottom and you could tell, like, I will I will never know what it's like to be that happy. You're so pumped right now. <laughs> and I think that's such a, a good thought, Dylan. I hadn't put it even into my mind until you just now said it. Of That's kind of what we're hoping to do is share little moments like that. I've had a couple pe- people reach out um, just from listening to the podcast or seeing the videos. They're like, I wasn't going to go karaoke tonight, and then I saw your latest post, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I got to go. It's going to be awesome. Or, you know, um, someone reached out, and they're like, honestly, I forgot that I was a decent enough driver that I could go into the mountains and drive. I literally let myself get to a place where I felt so boxed in to my specific environment or situation that I forgot I could just drive to the mountains and enjoy the mountains. People in general are scared shitless about life. Yeah. Right? Walking the plank, driving the mountains, driving in the snow, doing whatever, and, and fear, that fear completely stops them. I feel like fear and joy are so irrevocably linked. They're so tied together. 
every time I felt tremendous fear on the other side of even trying, even if I didn't right. succeed, tons of joy. Even if it ended poorly, I was like, I sent it or I tried it or there, there was at least some real moment of life where something significant happened because of it yeah. instead of just that scary and stop. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I'm not sure how, how you learned that growing up or if you're just, you know, I don't know if it's a lack of intelligence that you're just too stupid to just go for it. I don't know. <laughs> argument that, could be made. That's, that's, that's be made. definitely where I've been a few yes, times in my yes. life. Um, you know, long stories yeah. behind that. But um, oh, well, I'd like to hear at least yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come back to that. That's yeah. your point. In the <laughs> no, I think um, I think ultimately that you just you just have to push through it. It's just the same thing like learning a bicycle trick that you could literally sit on the top of the wave for freaking forever and never try that 360 and get that 50 bucks out of your dad. Yeah. Right? You just, you'd sit there forever. But sooner or later, you just got to give it a go. Well, and more importantly, he was eating shit time and time, time again. again. He and failed. he never stopped sending it failed. full strength. Not knowing what he was doing, what he was doing wrong, he was like, I'm he never showed any signs of fear. He was I'm I'm I got more going out to of, land this or die. <laughs> like I got more out of that three sixty moment than he ever got. It was worth is way worth the fifty bucks because I literally thought about that for I probably two years after that. I continually went back to it and said the kid had enough guts after time after time after oh, time failing. Thirty crashes? Just, just to Go and do it. And and you know what I saw? And the thing that I learned the most is I, I just, I literally saw the change in his face when he did it. Yeah. When he, the look on his face when he was at the top and going for it, I saw a change when he landed it because as he took off, there was determination on his face. And, and I knew the minute he took off, it was happening. I just knew it. And I'm like, there was my 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm constantly inspired by little moments like that where I'm just like, yeah. you kept sending. Like, I've been at job sites with people where they were, let's say, green. And they, they weren't 100% informed about what their task was. And they're not doing a great job. But they're not willing to settle for a port quality job and they'll just sit there until it finally works. works and looks right and even though it's kind of a weird moment and I'm off doing my own thing I'll take it sometimes every now and again it'll hit me like I I don't know if I would have hung in for that full hour and a half of trying to install mm -hmm. that vanity or like whatever it is mm -hmm. and that's such a a cool gift to be able to give your kids is I feel like you've specifically inst not just uh, I mean specifically but very intentionally like you guys really intentionally made sure that they knew the value of determination mm -hmm. and I and, think that's such a gift and the value of failure yeah because determination is one thing you don't learn squat if you're just succeeding all the time right mm-hmm Failure is exactly where you, I mean, that is where the best learning resides. 
Yeah. And if you learn how to, you know, you've read the book, Fail Forward and all this, yeah. however you want to put it, that learning, I, I can't tell you how many jobs I was on at the at the 11th hour. I screwed the entire job up. <laughs> yep. And it took me till 5 o'clock in the morning in the middle of, you know, downtown Denver by myself in a building that if I walked outside, I'd get locked out of to get that damn job done. Yeah. You just had to be, you just had to do it and figure out a way. And, and boy, it, sometimes it requires some, some, some real uh, off engineering, if you will. But uh, I feel like that's where the creativity lies and that extra little spark of like, what's the, what's the right word? I'm, I'm almost thinking like pride, but not in like a, a bad way. Like all of my most prideful moments, like I rebuilt my truck after I rolled it. I used to have a pre-runner. I flipped it, destroyed the thing. <laughs> and I remember my dad was on the ladder because he was finishing the barn. Uh, he was like doing some weird stucco work or something. And I was just moping around the house because I was 19. I'd taken out the first loan I'd ever taken out in my entire life to get this car. And now it's wrecked. Rolled it. And he looked down on me. He's like, you're allowed to be sad. This fucking sucks. I'll never forget. This fucking sucks. But you're also not allowed to stay sad. Right. Let's figure out how we're going to make this better. So you tell me when you're ready and we'll go fix this thing. And maybe five hours later, I was like, all right, I'm, what are some options? Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can do that. And literally in two to maybe three weeks, I had the whole thing put together. I'd learned how to weld. You cut that car in half, didn't you? I cut the car in half, welded a whole new body on it. Um, we reinforced the roll cage so that it wouldn't ever twist and bend the way that it did. Um, I had never done anything on a car pretty much except change the oil. I replaced <laughs> the whole front axle, the whole front knuckle. Literally within a matter of weeks, maybe a month tops. I had this thing driving and better than when I bought it. It had a sunroof now and all this crazy stuff. And that was kind of the first time I, I recognized the lesson of learning things the hard way is sometimes better because you only need the lesson once. Well, it sure in the hell sticks. Exactly. You <laughs> only need the lesson once. <laughs> right. Versus well, so when... Do you think the... Because we've talked a lot about determination and I've kind of been wondering like how do you define that necessarily and maybe it's hard work after failure or even because of failure or in maybe what, despite despite some failure I, like knowing I, I feel failure like and then determination and work. faith are so you're like they're so you linked need, you need hard work for determination but, but you, you also have failure. to believe that it will work I think I think the the, the, the story of of go out and succeed is bullshit. Yeah. I, I just think that's bullshit. I think you go out and fail as best you can and then succeed. I just, that I think that's the way that it happens. Now, there might be some people that go out there and just go and do it. You know, kudos to them. They're a hell of a lot smarter than I am. I mean, Elon Musk appears from the outside to have done to, that. To have done that. But I think that determination is is when you get punched in the face, you're still willing to fight. Yeah. 
I, I, I think that that's Rocky where, factor. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Rocky factor is that, you know, I just I, I can't see straight and my nose is bleeding, but I'm still ready to go. Yeah. And I think I, I to, so to your point. Yeah, I think every single scenario that I've been in. It it, it was a choice. Sit here and mope. Yeah, you're allowed to experience the sadness. You just take can't it in. stay there. Take it I in. I want you to learn from this. Don't stay there. And and maybe I've stayed there for a couple days or a week yeah. or however long. But sooner or later, I had to say, suck it up, fat boy. Let's get moving. Yeah. Life goes on. Life goes on. And I think that that determination has taken me to certain levels because I could have bowed out. I could have bowed out multiple times in school because, you know, I freaking failed grades and I did this and I did that and I was just a stupid ass kid. And I could have failed doing car stereos and did, you know, got fired. And I mean, there's just yeah. all these other things. And I continued to excel there and I ended up being like the youngest, you know, certified installer in the country at the time. And I just kept going. I just, I didn't know any better. I said, you just can't stop me. But you have to love it right to be because you wouldn't be determined to do something that you didn't love i i don't know if it's that you accidentally that you have to you know love i've done things that i haven't necessarily loved i just had to do it to get to where i wanted to get to you know i I think determination is to know like maybe you love the end goal but the shit you're dealing with right now sucks but you got to get through it yeah, you know being I mean? able to see why what you're doing is important is important in, in terms of where you're going. Yeah. That ex that extra little bit of vision to say like, wow, what I'm doing right now, like that's been a big part of me and my journey right now is like I'm not thoroughly stoked with my company right now mm. and where I'm at with that, but it's freed me up because it's paying me well enough and I'm safe enough there to where I have the ability to come do the joy quota as a result in this I've, it's like relearning BMX it's like rediscovering BMX it's not relearning like no. that same crazy fire within me where I'm like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing that I felt when I was 15 when I first yeah. started really getting into BMX and it was that small shift of thinking of like even if where I'm at nine to five isn't where I'm going. It's affording me the opportunity to actually get where I'm going. Yeah. Which is, and I think that's it as I think that you, you, you kind of put in so that, you know, you you got the end goal in mind and you got to do some of the shit work to get through it. So I think, you know, I love being a woodworker. I love having great tools. I love building that beautiful piece, but you know, ninety percent of it is you know sweeping the shop and and yeah. and doing shit work so that one day I can look at this beautiful piece. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's just to give to the end, and and even in my job today, I mean, I take shit. I mean, I'm in a corporation. You know, everybody's like, "What have you done for me lately? What did you <laughs> sell today?" Yeah. I take that day in day out. They're just sh- shots coming off the bow, and I finally say, "You know what, my." What I truly love is to say that in the end, it's the number one selling community in the country or the number one selling team in Colorado. That, what? Th- that's the joy that I take. It's that little tiny snapshot in time where I can say, I did it. Yeah. 
And it's probably more feeding my ego than anything. I have, I mean, yeah. I can't, well, yeah. but I, uh, well, say what it is. I'm never going to complain against someone having an ego. Yeah, <laughs> I have to believe that some amount of ego is good. Or I'm but right. I also say that in the midst of all of that, I've taught people how to do things. They are now succeeding. They're doing things. They look at me like, hey, I really appreciate it. I get texts. I can't believe that I get to be a part of this or thank you for mm-hmm. letting me spend years with you in the wood shop. You know, just there's so many different things that I get to say, you know what? that's success that's 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 what brings me joy that's what makes me happy and and all that shit work was just it was what i had to pay in yeah i had to pay in every single day you gotta do it the dollar i had to pay every day so i could make the million it's just a dollar it's just how how it went down and again more successful than I ever thought I would be being a failed out seventh grader that his mom's looking at his sister and his and and or the daughter and the son going, You guys are I don't know what the hell's the matter with you. Yeah. To to where I'm at today, never would have thought. But determination. I, I love the end result. I love the fact that every day I can say I gave it it I gave it all. I didn't leave I didn't leave the idea that I didn't care about the people around me. I didn't take the time to go and travel. I didn't take the time to go and woodwork. I didn't take that time to do it. Not, I wanted to garden. I heard my c- customers talking about gardening. Yeah. For, I remember for, watching this idea happen for, in you. Yeah, for, for, for you know 10 years, I'm like, and I kept saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then one, one day that I was walking down the street showing a house, and the lady looked at me and she goes, why in the hell haven't you done it? <laughs> and I looked at her and I go, I don't fucking know. Yeah. And she's like, stop talking about it and just go plant some shit. Yeah. And I did. And now you guys have a sweet garden. Yeah. And now I'm teaching that to my my son and his girlfriend and they're pickling and doing, I mean, it's just, it just, the 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 ideas just evolve and it's just super cool to see it happen. And it's just, let it happen. I don't. I don't like to stop it. I just, you know, yeah. if if I want to be a crazy painter, I'm going to be a crazy painter. If I want to be a woodworker, I'm going to be. I wanted to be a woodworker since the time I was 10 years old. I used to go and steal wood off a job site so I could be a woodworker. That's what I'm we a used master to do to build ramps. <laughs> I'm, I'm a master cabinet maker by trade. Yeah. I did it. I did everything I ever wanted to do. Now in the sales arena, I want to be the best at what I do with 55 plus communities. And in Colorado, I feel I am that. Yeah. I mean, now, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Let's, 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 what's next? I feel like the biggest theme, even that has kind of gone through each one of us, is that the biggest part of joy and and where the the most bang for your buck goes when it comes to creating joy and, and creating that fulfillment is giving it to others. Like what you're talking about, like you enjoyed making a garden as soon as Dawson and Jackie got in on it. New level. New level. Absolutely. You were like, wow, I didn't know that I would enjoy or feel so grateful that I started doing this this much. Or like same with teaching Dawson a 360 was like one of the first times I remember being able to pass on what Yellow Designs had done for me, where I got to learn some tricks. I got to be around some people who knew what they were doing and genuinely better myself as a rider. 
And then all of a sudden watching this kid go make 50 bucks. And I was like, I just absolutely like, I just gave this 13 year old kid 50 bucks. Like I was a part of his journey. And now like he's as, like you said, he was a different person. Like he landed that thing and was beyond stoked and kind of, Every time someone's reached out and said anything about Joy Quota, they have mentioned, you know, oh, I didn't realize I was capable of this or thank you for shedding light on this. And that makes me even more pumped than I am on this whole endeavor that we're doing, even though I'm enjoying it so much. It's that next level. It's the most bang for the buck is always sharing it. It's teaching it. Yeah. And I'm 100 percent with you. 100% 100% with you and saying that, you know, everything that I ever started out doing were very, very selfish behaviors. I went yeah. off because it was what brought me joy. And what I realized along the way is that I was learning it so I could give, give it to somebody and and share it. And with you with the woodworking and my sons with, the, you know, you know all the things that I've taught them along the way and, and my coworkers even being able to say, you know what, today they're better salespeople than me. Yeah. I gave it to him. I said, "Here, here's the path. You take it as far as you want, but I'm here for you. And I think in the end, that's what it really, really becomes. And I can see why teachers love what they do. I can see why, yeah. why people that train and do different things, that, that brings them that entire joy about they are giving it to people. And and to me, I want to live that with them. I, I still want to be there and I still want to be engaged and I still want them to show me. I want them to come back and say, look what I did. Yeah, I I know what you mean because when I get that random text with a picture of what they did and they and they always it's the same text almost every single time. Check out what I built. Thank you so much. Yeah. Or you, I did this because of you, and it's just that's like I can go home now. Yeah, there's no better feeling. Yeah. I remember when Feast came to town. I literally went to that 55 plus community and I dragged your son away from Parker because he was being stubborn. And there goes that same like just dumb determination. I was like, he's an idiot if he doesn't at least enter the contest. Right. He's an idiot. He's he's more than talented enough. Mm-hmm. He's and it's it's worth the learning experience. Yeah. And so I literally I called him. He missed like five of my calls. I drove to Parker without even knowing if he was in Parker. Showed up in Parker. And he's like, yeah, I'm over at my dad's. They're doing some like crazy barbecue at their their community. Drove over there, showed up and literally grabbed him, talked to everybody for 15, 20 minutes and dragged him down to Denver, got him to enter into the contest, get a couple practice runs in. The next day he shows up and he, he's not he's playing it real cool like ah, blah, I don't yeah, care right. blah 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 and then sure enough like contest time rolls around I'm like here's what you want to do here's your strategy like you have what it takes all it, all you really need to do is just stay calm it's just a normal session do what you already know how to do you don't need to feel pressured to go like send some crazy nonsense that you can't land just do what you can land and enjoy yourself and by the end of the contest Dude gets second place in his first ever amateur mm. contest. And it's a huge contest, probably no, 50 huge. riders in the yeah. heat. And I remember when he was trying to play it so cool, he left town and he wouldn't even be there for the results. And I texted him like, hey, dude, you got second. 
you're going to come get your prizes. And the call I got where he was so <laughs> fired up and so pumped. And, and I was like, he wouldn't have ever known that if, if it wasn't just for someone saying like, you have to do this. You have to participate. And like, I didn't even beat him. And that was a really cool experience of like, I wasn't supposed to. I was supposed to get him into the contest. Where I got was completely irrelevant. Yeah, and I think it's not like I did horrible, but like yeah. But I think that the the the, the mentor, the 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 greatest accomplishment is to be beat. Absolutely. You know, and and I see the stuff that he turns out now in the wood shop or the metalworking yeah. that he does. That stuff that I have never even just thought of. And, you know, I again, I see my, my older son do things that I'll never be able to do. Dude. And that, that to me Musically? is... Yeah, just yeah. just kill it. And and I think that that's, that's the beauty and that's where the real happiness comes from is to see that happen. And, and even in my work life, you know, when I get beat on the sales floor. Oh, that's, I bet that's a great feeling because you're You like, know, your initial thing is like, oh, son of a bitch. But <laughs> in the end, you're like... That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, when I started, I was spanking you, and yeah. now you're beating me. And that, That's yeah, good news. You're I'm doing something right. And the reason why is because you've been watching. You've yeah. been learning, and you're watching, and you're paying attention, and you took some of the heat that I gave you and all that stuff, and you took it. And, and again, back to the determination. You had the determination to beat your mentor. I was watching Bobby uh, beat Bobby Flay on TV, and, and it was you know, uh, uh, somebody that they were mentoring. And, and the whole goal was, I got to beat him. You know, I got to beat my mentor. I got to beat my mentor. Yeah. And that was, that was the, you know, that was the crown at the end. So, I mean, that's kind of the point of being a mentor is you are supposed to set the bar so that it can be beaten. That's kind of the point of going first. I mean, that's the entire society, right? Like you have to, everything has to build on each other and, Become it should. I don't think more. people see it that way. I think, I think they do. Like when Dylan does something, my first thought is, congrats. Next thought is, how can I do that better? Yeah. And then I guarantee he thinks the same way whenever I do something. Well, I think there's that, always that competitiveness, all, right? But I think that's how you push each other forward, and that's how we all get to where we're hopefully going to want to be is by staying around the people who are going to set that new bar in – a direction that we're actually trying to go instead of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, I'm going to keep up with the foals. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to choose who's setting that bar for me. It's not going to be that Instagram model or like someone on Pinterest. It's I'm going to set it with someone who's really going to push me where I want to go instead of just kind of letting yourself be subject to falling into that. I, I think that the people people that are okay with where they're at in life and who they are will continue to push others. I think there are some people that just don't do that, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think surrounding yourself with people that, that will allow you to succeed and don't put you down. And I've been in situations where people like just didn't want me to succeed and didn't want me to to outshine them or sell them or do whatever. And I could see that occurring. Um, and you got to decide, right? You got to decide, is this person good for me or not? And if the, you know, really the only thing I felt like if, and being my competitive thing is I'm going to beat you at your own game. I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah. There's nothing, whether, whatever we're doing, <laughs> biking, yeah. woodworking, selling, you know, yeah. whatever. It's like, you're not, you're not holding me back. 
And I think that goes back to determination and that there's always going to be things that kind of get in your way. And the, 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 the question is, are you willing to just to push like hell to get past it? And, and I've always been that guy. I'm always, I've always been that guy that you, there's no, no way in hell anybody's ever going to be able to stop me in what I want to do, period. You, yeah. got, you ain't got enough. Absolutely, yeah. So, and, and yeah, they might be able to slow me down or cause me some grief or do whatever, but in the end, you know, shy of me punching them in the face, I got to I gotta get going. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. So. Well, well, speaking of that, why don't you tell us one of those stories? Yeah, I want to hear, hear a story. At least one wild story. Wild story, yeah. Party Dave. Oh, man. Everyone named Dave is officially Party Dave. Party Dave. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, what story I could tell you that I actually I, I regret bringing up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like how you and Megan met somewhat funny and reasonably safe. Well, he already told that one. Yeah. Well, there's the more party. to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no one listening to this is going to see that face, but it was priceless. <laughs> that was so worth, even if we never hear the story. Yeah, that but that'll make me look like an ass. Uh, I don't, I don't okay. know about that. That's fair point. Yeah. Fair point. You know, oh, I think, um, you know, you know, stories, you know, we've, we've done anything from, you know, you know, driving across the country with $10 in our pocket and, you know, begging for, for money and doing different things. And I, I, I really feel like I've pushed every boundary I potentially could have. Um, the only, the, when you were telling, when we were talking about that, the one story I thought that I said, I kind of pushed boundaries farther than I should have. The thing that popped in my head is when I, when I was partying up at, uh, uh Santa Barbara in, in the college in the co-ed dorm. And I, we were parting pretty heavy and I, I, I felt like, um, for some odd reason I could stick my face in a trash can as we all do. As I was running down the hallway, I saw this ah. trash can and everybody was behind me kind of running after me. And I kind of quick turned right, to stick my face in the trash can. And it was a laminate tra- trash can that had a pretty small door. And I wedged my face in there and got yes. caught between my nose and, and, and the top of my head and the laminate on there, now being a woodworker, I know that yeah. that shit's sharp. So sharp. Cut into my nose and kind of locked me into the trash can. So That's spectacular. Those are one of the moments where you said, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that yeah. <laughs> done that road uh, and should have just kept running past the trash down can. Down the, the party. <laughs> partied a little too hard line. Party, yeah. So that's... That's, that's the only, a great story. That's the only quick one that I, that's not too I've, off color that yeah. would get me in trouble. <laughs> I've also cut my face on a trash can, so I'm not going to judge at all. I was playing make-believe guns with JT at the car wash. Because Joy Quote has been a part of I've never not been able to have fun. Right. I can't. It's just not in my blood. And so we're bored one day at work and we're working at this car wash and JT and I are playing like fake spy and we're like shooting at each other like finger style, like pew, pew, pew. And I get real amped up to in the moment. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to freaking action hero dive out of this car wash ninja roll. I'm going to shoot him and he's going to have to concede that that was the coolest shot ever made. And instead, I just dove face first into the edge of a trash can I didn't know was there. <laughs> to this day, I have a huge it's scar across scar, my right? left eye, yeah. just because, uh, or like my, kind of underneath my left eye, where uh, I hit my face hard enough on this thing. I definitely gave myself a concussion and split myself wide open on a round edge. Like it was 
a circular trash can made of tube. Like there was no <laughs> sharp edges. I hit my face that yeah. hard. Full commitment on the dive. So I'm not going to judge. Yeah. I, I had to I had to figure out if I was man enough to turn my head and cut the rest of my nose oh. to get my head out of the trash can. So, yeah. <laughs> That's there. such a shitty moment where you're like, I'm in a bad place. And for me to get to a better place, I, you're going to have to make it just a little, little bit worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, stupid times, stupid times. Uh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so great. Well, we always like to end on the same question of what do you think? It's just like a fun, easy way to end anyways, is where when you think of the word joy or joy quota, what it takes to fill your joy quota, what comes to mind? It doesn't have to be a great piece of story or anything. It's just a f- nice place to kind of wrap up of when you think of the word joy, what comes to mind? Um, the, the quick thing, the first thing that pops in my head is just being able to, to hang out with family and, and have a good time and, and to do things together. I think that's, that's the biggest joy for me. Um, I know that's kind of probably what a lot of people would say but i think you know i i i I drove a thousand miles to find a wife to have a family and to do things for years that that made me a better man and i think that in the end that's what's given me the most joy is to to be a part of their lives so i think that's that's probably the thing that gives me the most joy that's amazing yeah I mean, there's no arguing with that. Well, that being said, I I guess everybody happy with where we ended. Is there anything you wanted to share? Is there anything you wanted to ask? No, I think I probably shared a little bit too much in the trash can story. Probably Uh, could have been left out, but I think safe enough. (laughs) You know, I I think I appreciate the the opportunity to kind of talk about it, and and um, happy to 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 be a part of your life and your life as well. So thanks, guys. Yeah, Yeah. thank you for being here. Absolutely, yeah, it was fun. As always, so grateful that I uh, ran into a random kid. At, I guess that's a one weird thing that I, I think is worth talking about. What was it like having a... I was probably close to 20 when I first came to your house with your 13-year-old kid. And I was like, hey, I'd like to borrow your son for the afternoon. I'm taking him to a skate park. Um, I was I okay with it, but Megan wasn't. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't realize what I placed my parents in. And I've talked about this with other BMX riders. Because well, it's, it's such a tight-knit thing. community, it's the same thing everyone gets me. that opportunity to be the weird older guy that doesn't realize that they're being the weird, the weird older, older guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, Cause I, was, I was that to Gavin. Yeah. I'm probably six years older, I think. Yeah, something like that. Five, six years older. And like okay. when you're... But 11 versus 16 or something it's a pretty big it's different difference. Yeah, there's it's, nobody yeah. that rides bikes like that that you don't have an option like there was no other 18 year olds riding bikes it was a bunch of 13 year olds yeah that's just the way it was i, I think uh, at the beginning it was super weird but we kind of vetted you out pretty quick and realized that you were just a very caring person and didn't go off the weird side so <laughs> I mean, dressed a little funny, but but not weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were happy to have you be a part of that, and I think I think Dawson and I think our family has really been enriched by you kind of showing up and being that guy, because I didn't have to spend every single night at the damn bike park. I had somebody that was looking out for him. So 
I appreciate that. Dude, yeah, happy to play my part. Yeah, it's, it's so funny every time I think about that. Like, oh, I'm just like, I was, I got, like, I feel like that was a big rewarding part of being a BMX rider for me. It's like, I had so many of those guys in my life show up where they're like, I was hanging out with like 30 year olds when I was 15, yeah. not realizing they were making like a really weird choice to hang out with me. Yeah, and I did too because yeah. I, I played a little older. So, I mean, it was, wasn't was that weird for me, but Megan's like, this guy's a freaking Oh, I can't imagine what Megan thought. <laughs> <laughs> Ask yeah. her one day. Bring her in. I, her I'm going her to, sure. yeah. Because she's a way, way more lively than I am. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, man. Seriously, couldn't have had a better time, Dave. This has been awesome. Um, can't wait till we go take your boat out this summer and we uh, just go enjoy this wonderful Colorado place we get to live in. Sounds good. The marina opens April 1st. Boom! There it is. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we'll get Papa Full out there, do some wakeboarding. We'll chill on the pontoon boat. We'll be money. Go. Awesome, man. Looking forward to it, guys. Sweet. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Awesome. Well, then, um, yeah, we just have to record like a five-second intro or whatever, and then we're all good to go. Oh, and then we'll also take a photo. We'll move that to that wall and we always just take like a fun photo for the okay, thumbnail. Cool. <coughs> if you make a lot of eye contact with Dylan, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the photo? No, for the, because it's just like a weird, awkward thing where you just have to record like the other person isn't in the room. It's pretty hilarious. Dylan's gotten much better. I've watched Dylan grow tremendously through this. Because it's not easy being in front of a camera. Yeah, and he's always been on the backside, and I've always been just more of a show pony, or I guess like naturally more of a show pony, because I think Dylan shows up in force when he decides to. In the first couple podcasts, it was just Gavin talking to someone and never giving Dylan a chance to talk. Right. And Dylan never like butting in, versus now it's right. wonderful. That's the thing. If I want to say anything, in. I have to interrupt. Like That's just the, the yeah. way it is. And um, but we're, we're used to just interrupting people because exactly, that's just yeah. our personality. Yeah. Just like shut up so I can talk. Yeah. So that's what I think has been so fun about, or part of what's been so fun about this is like, the first one of these that we did took like three or four tries because Dylan kept like just I've Dylan full. and well, these are words. Yeah, of course. And the first one because we don't even know what we're saying. Yeah. But I mean, even like the first couple were like. Versus now, it's like one take, we're done. It's five seconds. Neither of us even think about it. And I think that's been fun to watch. Where I came in with a bunch more confidence than I deserved. And I've kind of gotten to, like, come backwards a little bit and, like, really find a home. I feel like Dylan's moved forward. Like, he was like, ah, like, well, this is where well, I'm I at. And then you've progressed a lot versus I've been able to have been humbled a lot. Yeah. Part of it, the entire... Joy Quota YouTube podcast experience for me has the entire point has been to grow like uh, socially or what communication wise like to get better um, and I have come away like this is our 12th one and I've come a long way but I'm still like nowhere near where I want to be but uh, yeah just being able like that to me that was a big point of wanting to do any of this is to get better at it yeah that's just shows 
the unearned confidence of Gavin Malcolm where I was like, we're better at having fun than most people. We should be trying to teach people how to have fun. Well, yes, in, the, <laughs> like in that, that aspect, was, like the content, yes, but yeah. the actual act of just uh, holding a camera out and like talking to the camera right. or talking to a microphone or a person like. That yeah, shows a that tremendous amount of foresight that I did not have. I was like, this is the greatest idea. We'll probably crush it right out of but, the gates. <laughs> but a show, a show pony yeah. would say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, well, I'm I not mean, shocking he's, anyone He's getting that. different things out of it yeah. than we are. And yeah. There you go. Someone's at uh, Dave's uh, house. Somebody's at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I got to get home. There's a party going on. <laughs> um, I think ultimately, by the way, you guys are doing a great job. This, this nice. was actually super fun for me. I, I was looking forward to it. Awesome. And I think, I mean, your your questions are on point and good. And, and I think, you know, you're good for for a lot of the chatter and that kind of deep philosophical, you know, philosophy. And then you ask that kind of good, hard question. So it's a good balance. Yeah. It's a good balance. Cool. We've really That's found a, a think, nice yeah. home. I think yeah. that is the going to be our our dynamic. And, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't happen on the first try, right? It doesn't. No. I mean, going back hundred in, you're like, okay, we got it. Yeah, going back to what you were talking about, like part, if you're going to make it doing anything, the best way to do it is go do it wrong as quickly as possible. So you learn all the lessons you need to, to go do it right. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we've been doing. Like we jumped in not knowing anything. I was so fortunate that there's so many people willing to jump on board without like, any reward, honestly, like yeah, you know, which is kind of turned into our niche of like our whole brand is about everyone has something awesome that they can be doing that they have done that they could share. Everyone has a story, and that's been like the coolest part for me is I didn't think twelve in we'd have like tons of people asking to be on the podcast. I thought it would be we'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel for the friends list of like, we have to keep this I thing going. I figured that's where yeah. I came in. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, uh -huh. I, we were just thinking like, we've had a lot of people like from the BMX world and from a lot of people who are kind of in the same place of life that we're at. That we're like, it would be really fun to start. Branching out. Yeah. Right just now. kind of, adding more perspective to it because we really do believe everyone has a story and given the chance to share it it'll empower the person who gets to share it and most likely someone else will learn from it too right 